everybody, this is Kevin Wallace, Double CCIE Cisco Press author, and I want to welcome you to episode number 59 of The Broadcast Storm. This episode is entitled, What I Would Do If I Were Starting Over? That's a question that I seem to be getting a lot these days. People say, I'm just getting started in the IT industry, and I'm really not sure what to do first, and what comes after that, and what comes after that. So tell me, what would you do if you were starting over? Let me give the disclaimer first of all. I'm not you, and your situation is going to vary. You have a different job role than I do. We have different interests. We have different resources at our disposal. So the answer for me is not necessarily going to be the answer for you. But I hope in answering that question, what would I do if I were starting over again, it's going to give you some insight as to what your next move or what your first move should be. First of all, let me just say that my answer to that question has really dramatically changed in the last couple of years. If you had asked me a couple of years ago, hey, Kevin, if you're starting from scratch, what would you do certification-wise in the world of Cisco? In other words, what track would you go down? And I would have told you that all the tracks, they're awesome. You're going to be spending a lot of time studying whatever technology you pick, whether it's data center or wireless or service provider. So whatever it is, you better like it because you're going to be spending a tremendous amount of time with it. So pick something that is really interesting to you. And I think that was sound advice, but here's the way I used to visualize the landscape of Cisco certifications and skills that you needed to have in this IT world. If you've ever taken a statistics class, you're probably familiar with a normal distribution or a Gaussian distribution curve. If you picture an XY axis, and we have on the Y axis, the demand for a certain skill set or a certain certification. And across the x-axis, we have a particular certification. The way I used to visualize the landscape of Cisco certifications was everything is sort of clustered around this big hump in the middle of this Gaussian or this normal distribution. In other words, they're all about the same. Sure, we might have route switch being a bit more popular than security, and security might be a bit more popular than collaboration. And I'm just making those up, by the way. I don't have evidence to say that that's really the way it is. But sure, there would be some variation between certifications, but there's not a big difference. There's opportunity everywhere. Just pick the track that you love and go after it. Well, like I was saying, things have changed. In the last two or three years, there have become a couple of what I would call statistical outliers. Again, if you've taken a stats class, you're probably familiar with the concept of an outlier where we're two or more standard deviations away from the mean. In other words, we're way more popular than the average Cisco certification or the average Cisco or IT skill. And two outliers that have really surfaced in the last couple of years have been network programmability and cyber ops. Let's talk about each one of those for a second. Network programmability means that we're going to be able to have programs that can control and configure our network devices for us. Now, we might need some programming skills, typically Python programming skills to pull that off. We might be writing a program that talks directly to network devices, or we might be writing a program that talks to a network controller, like a Cisco APIC or an APIC EM controller, and then the controller can reach out to the devices. But regardless of whether we're talking through a controller or directly to a device, if we need to be able to scale and rapidly respond to changing network demands, we're going to need some programming skills. Network programmability is going to be a big deal, and a lot of people falsely believe that it's a route switch thing. They might think, I'm in collaboration or I'm in security, so it doesn't really impact me. Well, that's not what Cisco says. I was talking to a Cisco engineer recently, and he was explaining that Cisco envisions this network programmability becoming pervasive across all their different technologies whether you're configuring a Cisco Unified Communications Manager server, 
You can do that with network programmability, or that's the vision anyway. So whatever track you pick, network programmability is going to be a skill that you need. Next is cyber ops. Cybersecurity is becoming a really big deal these days. I've read some different studies on this, and the estimates are that around the year 2019, maybe into 2020, there's going to be about 6 million jobs in cybersecurity. And here's the thing that makes this an outlier. A fourth of those, 1.5 million of those jobs are going to be unfilled. There's a huge opportunity there. So if I were starting from scratch, the first thing I would do is get my CCNA in routing and switching. Even though routing and switch sales are going down in Cisco's world, it's a fundamental technology that we need to know no matter what track we're going down. Whether we're doing data center or wireless or security, they all route or switch packets. This is a fundamental technology we need to know. So I would start off there. I would get my CCNA in routing and switching. By the way, that is not a prerequisite to get your CCNA in cyber ops. But I would do it anyway. That would be my first step. Get my CCNA in writing and switching. But I would not stop or even catch my breath there. I would immediately go in and not really going after a certification this time. I would just get some basic training on network programmability so that if I were going after a job or I were looking for a promotion or I wanted to be more valuable to my customers, I would be able to have some fundamental skills when it came to network programmability. Then I would return to the route switch track and I would pick up my CCNP. Competition-wise, you're going to be much more competitive if you've got your CCNP in the track as opposed to just a CCNA in that track. So again, step one, I would get my CCNA in writing and switching. Step two, I would get some training on network programmability. Step three, I would get my CCNP in writing and switching. Now, once I had this foundation laid that's going to support any other track, I would start building uh, these silos on top of that foundation. These silos represent the different technical tracks. The first one, as I was suggesting, is CyberOps. Now, at the time of this recording, Cisco has a CCNA in CyberOps, but they don't have a CCNP or CCIE in CyberOps, so that may be coming. But for today, I would get my, as step number four, my CCNA in CyberOps. Then I would go to whatever track that I found most interesting, and I would start going down that track. Let's just say, for example, that it was collaboration, which is the track that I went down. I would get my CCNA in collaboration. I would get my CCNP in collaboration. And then if I thought I stood a good chance of success, I would get my CCIE in collaboration. And when I say you need to decide if the CCIE is for you or not, I don't really think it's for everybody. Now, if you already know deep down that, yes, I'm going to get my CCIE, then I honestly believe that, great, you have what it takes to get your CCIE. Otherwise, I really don't think you would have that deep down desire. I think if you had that desire that then there's something in you that knows that you can do it. But for some people that don't have that desire, they might not ever reach the CCIE. Now, here's the reason I say that. I'm not saying that they're not able to learn the concepts on the lab. We can learn pretty much anything. But different people process information at different rates. It depends on how quickly you can learn new information, how quickly you can recall information, how quickly uh, you can process that information how quickly you can make associations between different types of information. It depends on how quickly you can type. I remember after passing my first CCA lab, I thought that I would have failed that if I were not able to type, if I didn't have a typing class in college. Some people are external thinkers. They need to talk with someone about ideas rather than being an internal thinker. You're not going to be able to chat it up with anyone in the CCA lab, well, maybe except for the proctor. So you're going to need to be an internal thinker, and maybe that's just not your nature. 
For some people, the CCA lab is much, much more challenging than for other people. I think it's challenging for everyone. It took me three attempts to get my first CCA. I felt very fortunate getting my second CCA in only two attempts. But I got to tell you, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my career. And for some people, it takes many, many more times than just three attempts or a couple of attempts. I'm actually under sort of a non-disclosure. I'm not allowed to say how many times that I know this one person took the lab, but it's a lot. I mean, if I went at their rate and I made an attempt every year starting now to get my next CCA, I would probably be dead before I ever earned that CCA. So you have to make that decision for yourself. Just know going in that if you decide to go for it, it's going to take a tremendous amount of time. It's going to take a tremendous amount of study. But if you've got that desire, I like what Tony Robbins says about the word desire. He says it comes from the Latin roots of day and sire. It literally means of the father. So I personally believe that if we have a desire in us to do something like that, then that desire came from somewhere and we have what it takes to make it happen. If you don't have that desire, you want to want to really think about it because this is not to be taken lightly. If you decide that the CCA is not for you, then what would you do? Well, if it were me, I would then go build another silo and work up to the NP level and maybe do that repeatedly for multiple tracks. So that's what I would do if I were starting over. I would start out with the CCNN writing and switching as a foundation, everything routes and switches. Then I would overlay that with some network programmability and then I would extend my route switch studies by getting my CCNP and writing and switching. And then I would go after CyberOps, the CCNA and CyberOps. Then I would pick the track most interesting to me, and I would take it at least to the NP level and maybe to the IE level, depending on my particular desire to get an IE and the resources that I'm willing to expend getting a CCIE. I remember it took me about 1,600 hours of study to get my second CCIE. It was from October of, I think, 2011 until March of 2012. I studied every single day, well, except Christmas. I took Christmas off, but other than Christmas, I studied every single day uh, between that day in October and that day in March. And I barely passed. Like I said, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my career. But I knew that it was something that I really wanted. So that's the answer to what I would do if I were starting over. And I hope you found that helpful. And if you're getting started and you want to take some of these steps, I've got some video training that can help you take the first three steps anyway. If you want to get your CCNA in writing and switching, I've got a complete video course that covers everything you need to know for that exam or those exams if you take the exams individually. You can pick that course up from Cisco Press by going to kwtrain.com slash CCNA course. That's kwtrain.com slash CCNA course. If you want to get some training in network programmability, I've got a brand new course that I just released on that. It'll get you in the network programmability game. You can check out the details of that at kwtrain.com slash FNP video for fundamentals of network programmability video. So it's kwtrain.com slash FNP video. And for your CCMP and writing and switching, you can check out kwtrain.com slash CCMP course. And on that note, I want to thank you for joining me, and I'll see you on the next episode of The Broadcast Storm. 